It's time for two blokes talking tech. I just think technology is awesome. Good advice for anyone who is looking for a laptop. For more latest news and information about technology. Now that, that's the go. <laughs> it's so hard to take a bad photo now with these cameras. I think that stuff is just brilliant. It is something that people really need to look at. Two blokes talking tech. Haven't we got the best jobs in the world? We have. <laughs> we absolutely have the best job. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. I love talking technology. And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. Do you really need a 10 megapixel camera to take those images? I'd say not. Two blokes talking tech. Embrace those little ideas there. Have a look around and, and ask questions. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And you're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. This is uh, live from CES Day 3. Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com and Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. All thanks to Trend Micro and Netgear. Good. Thank you to those great sponsors of the show. Stephen. It's uh, been a busy day here again, Trevor. Oh. Uh, but uh, my, let's open it up with a story that I wrote uh, for that's sort of CES related, but it's uh, some interesting news about Samsung and Foxtel. Now, yeah. I wrote a story that from April, Samsung smart TV owners will be able to beam, will be able to directly view Foxtel channels, selected package of Foxtel channels on their smart TV. So that's from April. So in April, there'll be an update come down when you, got, when you turn your TV on and go into the, into the smart part of it. Uh, it'll download probably just an icon for yeah. the app. And it's, uh, got a, it's got a unified app. So the unified app lets you watch their own 3D content as well as uh, other content at Big Pond Movies, Big yeah, Pond right. TV, and, it'll and Foxtel likely, is going to be part of it'll that. It'll probably be the same package lineup and likely the same costing yeah, well, as the Xbox. Bas- and that kind of basically, it's going to be the, the T-Box inside the Samsung Smart uh, yes. TV, so right. it's going to take all of that material, uh, all of that, including the Foxtel channels. They haven't finalised the number of channels. They haven't uh, confirmed whether you can record any of the channels. Which would be which would be a big news. thing like, if they could get the recording happening. Yeah. That'd be a big thing because because the only way you can record Foxtel right now is through your IQ. Absolutely, I think from, uh, my my thinking is that Foxtel will hang on to that uh, that yeah. ability with their set top box. But it just goes to show that set top box could be a thing of the past in a f- couple of years' time because of the smart TVs that are on the market. All that's built into the TV, the connectivity's there. Mm. So, uh, but while I was talking to Samsung, I actually asked them. Uh, I, I posed the question: all the rumours about Apple producing a smart TV. Yep. We've spoken about this on the program before, and I spoke to Phil Newton who's the director of audiovisual at Samsung. And he actually said that, well, you know, Samsung are not worried. He said that they actually think that they view it as a positive thing if Apple did decide to get into the smart TV yep. business because it would just increase awareness of smart TV and its abilities. Yep. But I did ask him, I said, well, look, look what Apple did to the iPhone, the iPad. They kind of changed everything. But his reply to that was, well, you know, well, that that's... Yeah, we were. They had the head start on us in those categories, yeah. but smart TV is where we play. Uh, they produce all. Samsung, uh, Phil said they produce all their own technology. They they build everything within the TV themselves. So, smart TV is their backyard, yeah. and he welcomed the challenge. Look, I, I think they probably do, but my, and I've said this before, and and I sound probably repetitive, but I think what when what what will happen if Apple come to market. Um, which is clearly likely, but but only possible, um, is that it will change the experience for the user. And that's the thing. It's not actually about the content. It's not about anything. It's just about the experience for the user, which isn't perfect right now for any manufacturer. And I I think they're underplaying themselves, Samsung, if they think that Apple don't have the the nows and experience now. Because you look at the the iPad. The iPad is a smart TV without the big screen right now. Because, you know, you've got an app in, in, in the... In the US, and I don't get exposed to this because I don't come here much and I don't have a US iTunes account, you know, you've got your Netflix, you've got your Hulu Plus, all these things are available on the iPad. You've got to imagine that with an operating system that would run on a TV, it's just, it's the same app, it's a click a button and it's, and it's... There's there's no doubt the experience that would be 
top shelf from Apple. Yeah. Uh, the design would be incredible. It would work obviously very well with the iPhone, the iPad and the iPod Touch and all those other devices as with other Mac computers. Hmm. But I think from uh, I think what what Phil Newton was getting at is in terms of the actual TV itself, the quality of the picture, uh, yes. the, the the refresh rate. Of, you know, Apple don't make televisions. Yeah. Uh, they probably they'd, they'd have to buy. They probably outsource it exactly. <laughs> probably Samsung. Probably Samsung. Exactly. <laughs> they're probably doing the deal right now. But anyway, uh, that's probably why he's not worried about it because they're, <laughs> probably, they're probably, probably making them right now. They'll make more money off the <laughs> Apple TV than they do out of their own. Samsung. Yes. So look, it, Apple. We know. We've heard all about you. It has been a big show for Samsung. We'll say that I think uh, I think Samsung, LG and Sony have had, had a big show yeah. uh, Panasonic not so much but um, but definitely a big show for them and that, that announcement about the Foxtel you can read all about that at techguide.com.au now I um, I spent a bit of time today down here in what's called the South Hall which is a two level hall is which cool is hall. phenomenal And we are in the South Hall right now we should mention I, Trevor I would say if, if I come again, I'll come here first. Yeah. I think this is a much more enjoyable place to come because there's so much more. There's lots of little tiny booths and people that are just doing their best kind of thing. Now, I, I was down the back, and I, sometimes you don't stop and look at every sort. It's not possible. But I saw a bloke just throw an iPhone in water. <laughs> All right? And I just thought, hang on a minute. What's it, crazy? And I literally backed up. And I, I, use, a, I use an inappropriate word because I, I said, what the heck? <laughs> oh, but I, but I'll, you know, on the podcast, I'll say, what the heck's going on here? Anyway, so he stopped that. He got some, some dude from the company to come over and explain to me that they're using some nanotechnology to coat the iPhone and make it waterproof. It's called Liquipel, the one that I saw first. Now, what it reminded me of, Stephen, and, and you'll remember this, is yep. the launch of the Motorola Razr. And yes. I pulled out the Motorola Razr because I got it with me, and I said, yep. isn't the nanotechnology what's on this? And he goes, yes, but that's IPX3, and we're rated at IPX7, which is some sort of rating that gives you waterproofness yep. or something. But it's essentially a similar thing. So they've, they've got these tissues that are coated in this, and they can pour water on it, it beads off. So... What happens is they, they take phones on bulk, not one by one, um, you know, hundreds or thousands at a time, and they put them in some sort of machine, and using a vapour technology, it, it vaporises the things, and these vapours get all the way through the phones, every inch of the phone, every millimetre, and in every nanometre of the phone, and it coats it with this, this stuff, and then it gets cured somehow, okay. and it becomes this thin layer of, you know, thousandths so of the width of a hair. Let me get it straight. It's, they're not putting any kind of plastic coating, no. nothing. They're just putting this technology, chemical sort of thing. Correct. It's, it's a chemical that oh. goes into the phone, all through the circuitry, right? And then once that's done, the, the phone is waterproof up to one metre, and they can sit in the, sit in the water for an hour. And, and he, he demonstrated this to me. I put a, I got a video, yep. and, and, and I did. I, I said to him, mate, you're clearly here to sell the company, to sell the technology. I mean, you, you want Apple to buy you, or, you know, you, <laughs> I mean, that's clearly why they're here. They don't yeah, want to well. sell this to everybody phone company. But what it made me think of straight away is, well, this has got to be the future. I mean, if he said to me, at, a, at a, you know, tens of thousands of phones, it's a nothing cost. So why wouldn't every phone be waterproof? Absolutely. Now, the thing that got me most is then I'm walking back down. And I found another one called HZO, as in H2O, but with a Z instead. And they were doing the same thing, dunking this phone. They, same same, same thing. And I said, mate, I don't want to break it to you, but I've just seen this down the other end. <laughs> and I, I sounded like a complete you know, guru. I said, mate, are you IPX7 or more? <laughs> he goes, oh, we don't use IPX. We prefer a different technology. Look, There's long story short. in the waterproof business. Exactly. But that, this is the thing about CES, I, I, would, I would assume, and you would have seen this yeah. before. There's these little things going on. There's this Absolutely. little technology. And we'll probably, we'll probably see in a couple of years phones being launched that are waterproof, dunking well, them in the, in the water. I did see, continue to continue the waterproof theme, I did see the another uh, the Fujitsu stand, mm. uh, and they had tablets and uh, smartphones, and they were dunking them into the into one of the fish tank. I said, well, is there a coating on it? And what he goes, no. He's, the woman said that the phones were engineered to be waterproof. 
So the whole outside of the phone, the buttons, yeah. and it's all sealed. So it looks exactly like a normal phone from the outside, but it's absolutely engineered to be waterproof. And she was dunking it. I've got a video of that as well. Hmm. Dunking it in a, a fish tank, pulling it out again, yep. working still. And, so. But see, the problem with that technology, and you think about the Motorola Defy, for example. Remember the Defy? It had, had a little flap on it. You put your SIM card in or whatever. If you don't properly compress that flap yes. and you get it wet, the phone's gone. Goodbye. This thing here, these blokes at HZO, they had a phone in water playing music out to some speakers, right? That's and they, they were saying you could cope. So even in the dock and it's going in the, the speakers, thing, the everything. whole thing. He in, the, in the habit in the headphone jack everything he when, when he when he dropped the phone in the water it bubbled so you could see slowly little tiny bubbles as if you know the circuit board underneath the screen was That's bubbling amazing. out it's stunning stuff was he offering I, to do it for people on the stand you know he not on the stand but they, they there was a thing where you could you know for you know for vip kind of treatment they could they, yeah. you could send your phone well, and that get means it done. you and me mate. well VIP buddy oh, treatment. i just sort of don't think i can get over, go without my phone for a few <laughs> months because it's probably going to take time to send it anyway bottom line i think it's one of those you know hold on to this thought and, and stand by to see what happens with waterproofing mobile phones and and the future there you're listening to two blokes talking tech live from the show floor at CES Day 3. Thanks to Trend Micro and, and uh, Netgear. Great companies. Episode 46.2. 46.2, that's a very good 46. point. 46.2, this one is. <clears throat> so the, uh, yeah, I, while I was in the South Hall, I saw a well-known company called Belkin. Yep. Uh, and they've had a bit of a, a rebirth. Have you seen? They've yeah. got a new logo. Oh, I didn't see the yeah, logo. the logo's totally different. It's got a different font and, and everything. And the, I had a look through the stand. I actually met, met uh, one of the Aussie guys on the stand there. And they've got their usual wireless stuff, the, the, the Belkin uh, screencast, all those products. Mm. But um, they had a new product that they're going to be bringing out later this year called Wemo. Right. Now, what this is, it's a wireless control system that can, you, you plug it into, a, into a, say, a power board or into a PowerPoint, and everything that's plugged into that PowerPoint can be controlled wirelessly. I do remember them telling me about this in, in the past. That the, the, so it, so it, because the thing is, it's like a little, it's like a little double adapter kind of thing yeah. that you might plug your washing machine into or another device into. You so plug that a few into it. Yeah. You so can then you can, you then can either plug a power board into it. So if you've got one in the in the into the wall and plug a power board, everything on the power board can be controlled yeah. by that device, and it's got an app. The iPhone to begin with, but there'll be an Android app as well. And what you can do, you take a photo of the product that you want to control and assign that photo to the control button so that you know exactly what, what it is, it is. You're controlling. Yes, because the controls are universal. They, That's right. The same, yeah. same control for and every device. You can set it up and even set rules. You can set rules so after 10 p.m., turn this product off, or at 9 a.m., turn this product on. You know what's really exciting about that? There's a lot of talk in, especially in talk radio, about all the dramas with this smart metering that goes on with yeah. new electricity. Now, I've got smart meter at my house, you know, time of day, billing and stuff like that. But we've got smart appliances. So not not ultra smart, but, you know, you can set the dryer and the dishwasher and all those things to, to come on late at night. And so we save big bucks doing that. What about and your so, swimming pool, Trevor? Do yeah, you no, no, the jacuzzi, maybe. <laughs> but these, this, what this allows you to do is retrofit, uh, you know, an old washing machine and say turn it on at this time so the it's demo, really exciting the demo they gave on the site on the stand they had a a live video feed from yep. like we're in las vegas here in nevada they had a live video feed of a garage in redondo beach in california mm-hmm. in los angeles and it enables so not only can you control it through within your own network you can then you can link into it from outside your network so you can check to see you know when you drive out the door the garage did you did I shut the garage door yeah it tells you on the app whether the doors open, open or, or shut. shut now to demonstrate it he had this live video feed yep. from another state yes He's hit closed door and then on the camera and and, and I saw there was a, a clock being included in the in the shot so of the camera so you can see it's live and uh, the doors come down so 
if you're on holiday, you think, did I turn? The, did I shut the garage door? Yeah. And you don't have to drive back or whatever. Or bring anyone up to check. You can just do it. Fantastic. But it's stuff. Uh, there's other things. There's motion detectors as well, so you can it can detect motion. So you, you you can, for example, set it up in your hallway. So when you walk down your hallway to the garage, it will the motion detector will say, okay, he's going to the car and I open the door for him. Yeah. Little things like that. Very clever. There's a baby monitor too. They've got Hello. that's coming second half of 2012. Oh, I don't need one then. Well, hang on. <laughs> well, listen. No to more. What, listen to what this could do. Not only can you monitor your child, but also it it can it's receptive to the different types of cries oh, of a baby. Mate, I'm telling you, this, this is what they're saying. And you can, it will detect whether, like the the um, the guy uh, the, on the stand was explaining, he's got a 16-month-old little boy who, who wakes up early, but when he cries, music soothes him. Oh, yeah. So what, what he can program this device to do is that once he, he detects the baby crying, He'll set a rule on this thing How to lazy. play the music player. <laughs> oh, Hang on a minute. If you can do it, he plays yeah. the music player, the baby goes back to sleep. So it's an example <laughs> of what can be done. So that's Wemo yeah. coming, uh, I think, second half of 2012 from, from Belkin. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech from the show floor in uh, CS Las Vegas. Um, just a really quirky little one I saw, and it's one of the ones I nearly walked past, but I don't know, I felt sorry for the old bloke that was sitting there. And then when I, when I stopped and turned around, I realised it was Mustech. Do you remember Mustech, the yes. company? It was my first scanner. scanner. Yeah. My first scanner was a Mustech, and I felt really bad because they were. I, I assumed back in the day they were a bigger company, and they had the smallest possible stand, a simple little banner logo, and you know, it just made me think, geez, you know, how the mighty have fallen. And then I looked, and he had an iPad, and he goes, "Do you want to see it?" I went, "Yeah, all right, yeah." So he's got an iPad in a dock. He yep. pressed an app, opened up an app, and he got a photo, slid it into the dock, and the photo scanned onto the screen oh, yeah. of the iPad. Save photo, you know, yeah. and it was saved. You could you could scan a document, a photo, whatever it is. That's the that's the next. I think those sort of products are going to succeed because you the think accessories. Of, you, you think yeah, exactly. You think of how much we're using tablets now, and oh, yeah. people. The first complaint was that how, how can I print from it? How can yep. I send stuff to it? I can't put a USB in the side of it. So yeah. all these accessories, these app accessories that can can enable your tablet to perform the functions of a regular computer or printer or whatever yep. that's only going to make it, make it even more of a post-PC era we're moving into so the PC yeah. you know, could be fading away or that, that's sort of a, that was a question he posed here at CES but um, yeah look yeah, that's, that's a cool product just a nice but, uh, little one there and I just I just I, yeah. I like to see those things, and they're not just cases. There's a bloody lot of cases. There's and a lot stuff of cases. Around. Speaking of cases, I uh, I ran a, on my on Tech Guide last week. I ran a, a video of a, of a from a company called G Form. They make these super strong cases for your iPad, your iPhone. Mm-hmm. Now, what these lunatics did, right? <laughs> they attached their new Extreme Edge case mm-hmm. to an iPad, put a massive weather balloon on it, launched it into space. So they've put it launched it to the edge of space. They've got a camera on this thing. The video's on my website. So this this case has floated literally to the edge of the atmosphere. You can see the black of space beginning above it. Mm. The balloons popped at a certain height, at, at that height, and it's plummeted to Earth. 31 kilometres it fell to Earth, hit the ground in the middle of the desert on rocks, <laughs> and this iPad was still playing the movie that they set when they launched it. I went, <laughs> I thought, I've got to see these lunatics in person, and I met the guy on the stand from G-Form, and they use this special ballistic reactive material they call it. So rather than absorbing the impact, yeah. it actually expands on impact. So it sort of absorbs. Like a little it. airbag. Yeah, but you know it's just made of rubber. They, they even make they even make cushions for your elbows. They can make shoulder pads for a footballer. You can wear it under your jersey. You no want to be the wiser. You could you, you could be using this as padding for a professional yeah, sport. Yeah, they've got a whole line of products. Oh, here's my only question. 
why would anyone want that for your iPad? Well, just to protect it. But, you know, but isn't, isn't it quite big and bulky? Well, no, no, no. The, iP- the iPad, it's got its iPad case. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Isn't it, is it no, a big bulk? No, oh, it's not. it's not. Hardly any bulk to it at all. Oh, fair enough. But that, that's the beauty of it. And he did a demo in front of me, and I'm going to put this up on Tech Guide later this week. He got a bowling ball, and he got a packet of M&Ms. He got a regular foam padding, put it on the, put it on the thing, put the padding on top, Drop the ball from a meter, bang, onto the. How many the M&Ms? M&Ms has this bloke been through this week? I think a lot. But he opened the packet of M&Ms. Just quietly, they absolutely. Do sell, they do crushed. sell M&Ms on bulk here in this oh, town. Oh, they do. They do too. But he's probably bought half of the stacks to, to, to use here. But the other smashed, half in my hotel room. Smashed, <laughs> he's smashed the M&Ms. Anyway, you got the G form padding out. Did the same thing. Put the G form on the bottom. Packet of M&Ms on top. G form again on top. Yeah. It's like a little G form sandwich with the M&M yeah, filling. Yeah, yeah. He's got the bowling ball again dropped it and, and you can even tell from the impact of the ball rather than the ball bouncing the ball just went just, stopped. just stopped on it Fair so it's absorbed the it's impact upstairs or downstairs it's upstairs I'm going to go and have a look so what what happened he showed, pulled out the padding yep. showed me the pack opened up the pack of M&M's the M&M's untouched big question perfectly perfectly did he, fine. Did he let you eat them no <laughs> I'm well, not I didn't want to I'm them. not going to visit well, he them. told me not to stop <laughs> he told me didn't tell me not to eat them but I thought I don't want to eat a, <laughs> M&M's a bit hit by the ball one that's yeah. very cool you're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech live from CES 2012 on the show floor thanks to Trend Micro and Netgear um a couple other things I saw. Um, in fact, my attention was drawn just by one of those, you know, best in show buddy signs that, frankly, are everywhere. There's so many best in There's show awards, but I don't know. Something drew me to this one. There is, and as we said yesterday, there is one million, and I think I wrote an article. There's a gazillion <laughs> iPhone and iPad cases here, a lot of and, products and here. I'd say there's a billion or a million styluses, you know, the, yeah. the, to write on the iPads and stuff. Wait, I've now, got ten of them. Here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, the first stylus I bought was on eBay, ten bucks. Yeah. Because I thought it'd be good for Jackson. Yeah. Because it's it's all well and good to use your fingers as as, as we can, yeah. but I worry about kids learning to write their letters yeah. and stuff with their fingers because it doesn't work like that at they school. Go go gadget. They, they won't know how to hold a pen. Exactly. So Damn. that's why I bought the stylus. But it was crap, utter crap. And you had to push so hard it didn't work. I've had other ones since. I mean, Belkin make one and they're okay, mate. This thing, um, it's called the um, the Jet the Jot Pro. The Jot, Jot Pro. Pro. It's, it feels like a pen. It looks like a pen, even to the point where it goes down to like a biro tip. But just on the end of the biro tip is a little circle, you know, five mil circle of plastic that the biro tip is attached to. So when you write, it keeps it keeps it firm. But mate, it it writes like genuine handwriting, really, 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 really smooth lines. Because normally with styluses and most most drawing things I've seen, they're very they're very um, vector based, so they become lines instead of curves. Yeah. This was stunning. It was really beautiful and. Um, I am definitely going to get one of those and the drawing um, application that came with it for, for my iPad because I just think it's a great way to go. So the Jot Pro, well worth looking at if, you, if you're interested in having a stylus sure. for your iPad. Well, while we're on iPad, um, I saw a very interesting iPad and, and generally like a, a tablet project could be used with any iPad, any protect, any tablet. Yep. Uh, and it was called the Eyeballs. Eyeballs. Now, eyeballs, because it's basically four foam or rubber balls. I saw that too. Attached by four pieces of string, and there's like a little slot cut in the side of the ball so that you can fit a corner of the tablet on, into each and of the balls. They're, they're foamish balls. Foamish so balls. Different he, size he's tablets. He's dropping it on the floor, not a problem, and picking it up. It was designed to, if you want to give your tablet to your kids or something, so they drop it, they're not going to break it. I saw it. He had it in a, in a Perspex box, and the box was just rolling around like a, pl- a prize draw. Yeah. And then the thing was just rolling well, around. He, he put it on one in front of me and dropped it on the floor, and he said, look, it's adaptable to any size tablet because the string can stretch to fit yeah, yeah. Any, any tablet. Uh, he said he funded the product himself. He, he's, he put all his money into it. 
and apparently uh, there's a few. He's taken a few orders on his site. So eyeballs. It's only nine twenty bucks US. Yeah, so. Yeah. You know, be sure to. I'm sure that's going to make its way to Australia. Oh, One so other thing. Say, so what you're telling me, we've got the iPad, which has its own jokes out there. Once yes. we've we've got the eyeballs. It's I B A L L Z as well. Male version of the iPad. While we're on iPads and all things tablets, there's another little product. This is very good. That's called the Life Form, and Form is spelled with a P H. It's Life Form. Just a really, really annoying product. When I when I walked up to the stand, I said. This thing looks like the face hugger out of Alien, and they all laughed. And I'm probably thinking, yeah, that's original idiot. They've probably heard that joke yeah. four million times. Yeah. But anyway, it does actually look like that. It looks like it's like got six six claws and legs. But what it can do, it can be positioned. You can use it to uh, to to cling to things. So like a bit like the the, the gorilla grip. Oh, very, um, yeah. So the gorilla grip to to explain is like all lots of little balls joined together that, yeah. that twist on each other. This looks this, like a spider. This is more like legs. So it's yes. like an upper upper uh, and, 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 and see, there's, there's joints. Trevor's holding the. Uh, pamphlet that I uh, took from the stand here but so the, the, the where it holds the device is adjustable so you can either uh, hold an iPhone, iPhone I've you can hold a bigger camera. smartphone, it's got a mount for a camera, it's bigger, you can adjust it to hold a tablet, mm-hmm. uh, there's a there's a lighter plastic version, there's a rugged met- metallic It really is uh, like a like a spider well. because it's got um, it's, it's got legs. Fa- and, have and you seen joints. Alien? Yeah I have. The face hugger that, John, that hits John Hurt in uh, at the start of Alien, it looks like that, with, but what, with an iPod on top. I'll tell you what else, it looks expensive. It's only seventy US. The, the plastic one, sixty nine ninety five US, and the rugged one is one hundred and forty nine ninety five US. I mean, but I it, can mount, it can mount a camera. Look at that SLR camera. You can do it. Well, how many mounts do you know? Stands that can hold a camera, a phone, and a tablet. None. In one. The life form. P H O R M. That's the one. That's it. So, uh, yeah, one other thing. Can I talk yeah, about one yeah, other thing? Yeah, go for I've, it. I've uh, had a nice wander you've, around You've had a Hall. massive wander around the I'm South I'm a big Hall. gamer, as you know. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Gaming headphones really? are massive. Call of yes. Duty at all? Yes. Well, in fact, <laughs> I played Modern Warfare 3 using these headphones called the Vibras 5.1. They're called 5.1 because it provides 5.1 sound, but in a slightly different way. Now, to look at these headphones, they look like a normal pair of headphones, but it looks like it's got a couple of... Each, each ear cup's got, like, Shrek ears on each one. Yes. And those little Shrek ears They're are They're not the most attractive ears. They're not, no. but they sound great. They're, those little mini little protrusions are actually mini speakers. So there's there's protrusions on the outside of the of, of the of the earphones that don't don't send sound out. They still send sound in, send but because they're coming in on a different angle, it gives you the 5.1 experience. It directs it right into your earball, so into your earball, into your ear, <laughs> into your ears. But um, and what I liked about it is because it's sort of the 5.1 sound, the bass, the, the, the it sounded like there was a subwoofer strapped in there as well. Great, really good surround sound in it as well. Not not the most attractive looking things as no, you said. No. Vibra's 5.1. I think that I, I had a chat with them on the stand. Works with Xbox, PS3. They're looking for Australian sponsors, if of course Australian they are. distributors, if anyone is looking I, to invest. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech live from the show floor at CS. I'll just tell you about one other thing I saw yesterday at, at Seagate, but it was kind of a monster uh, branded product that that we should talk about or look into it in more detail. It's a hard drive that is hybrid. Um, spinning disk and SSD. Have you seen these? No. So you know the SSD is a great option for any computer because it gives you better launch Solid times. Solid state drive, yep. Much better launch times for your programs, your, your documents, whatever it is. And the spinning disks, we, we know it's slower, but they're so expensive to get SSD. The, the Seagate have come up with this hybrid hard drive that has both the spinning disk and the, um, and, and the SSD. And what it does is, is it intelligently determines what you do most okay. over uh, the more more times you do something it puts those things 
on those logical blocks of the drive okay. onto the SSD, and they oh, launch almost as fast as an SSD drive. Now, the, the reason smart. I mention this is because Seagate, is it? The call is because of Call of Duty. Yep. They showed me. I think it was Call of Duty. Yeah. They said basically, you know, when you play a game and 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 you you you, you bump out and you, you start the level again, it takes time to load. I don't bump, bump out, out and start the radio. Well, for those of you <laughs> listening that do, yeah, that you're reloading the same thing. Now, if if you had an SSD, you don't hit the load time yeah, is zero. Yeah, so yeah. with this drive, it very quickly reloads that that level of the game because yep. you play it all the time. And with things like Word and Excel, because you use them all the time, they just pop up because they're on the SSD. I yeah, thought it was brilliant concept to bring that that speed of SSD to a better price point for for the average That's Joe. So That's so if you're looking smart. for that, I can't remember very the name, smart. but it's a hybrid technology okay, from so Seagate. It's, not, it's Seagate, okay. Cool. But but there's a monster version. This is the great thing. Yeah, there's, there's a the monster version comes in a pack with a with a dock. So with your laptop, for example, yeah. you can dock this new drive, and okay. it will automatically duplicate your old drive onto the new drive, allowing you to then take the old drive out, put the new drive in, and get running with the new format. So very, very, very cool, cool stuff. I'll very get more cool. information, and we'll talk about it more. Just, in the uh, just before we wrap up, Trevor, I want to mention Nokia. They've yeah. always been on. They've always been here at CES, and yep. this year's, I think, a significant year for them to be on display here because it's the it's the first look of really good look I've had of the new Nokia Lumia yes. phones running Windows very Phone nice, Seven. Yeah, I was impressed. Now the hardware uh, for the, I looked at the there's a range of, I think of about three or four different phones. Yeah, yep. One of them is exactly like the N9. You remember the oh, N9? It's, we the, N9 about, it's the N9 with Windows Which Phone is a 7. bloody beautiful phone. A great phone, really good feel, great screen on it. The screen resolution mm. was terrific, really smooth to use. Uh, they've also got a bunch of great accessories. You know, Nokia make those really stylish mm. little Bluetooth headsets. They've got yep. one called the Lunar Earpiece, which is like a basically just a plastic triangle that fits in your ear. They've also got wireless speakers that that can be um, a, a, a you can tether to them using NFC, so yeah, rather right. than it just creates an instant Bluetooth connection just by tapping the phone on oh, the speaker. Yeah, cool. Those quirky little uh, little additions, I think Nokia, I think are going to do a look better, better than people I think. I think it's probably something that we, we, we've all overlooked in the kind of 2012 look forward. When Nokia come to market with their Windows phones in it's Australia, let alone everywhere else, I mean, I am dead keen to, to give it, I'll give it a whirl for, for a solid period Absolutely. like I did when I came back to Android for a bit there. I'm really keen on that. Just the last thing I'll, I'll mention, because it was upstairs as I walked in looking for Nokia. You walk in the door, you turn right, and there's a massive Kodak stand. And the first yes. thing I thought was, aren't you going bankrupt? <laughs> Wouldn't it have saved you a bit of money not well, to have this huge stand? they already paid for the stand yeah, yeah, yeah. already. They already but, put um, down the deposit. There wasn't many people there. No. So it was very sad. I felt quite sad for Kodak yeah. at that moment in time. But well, anyway. They've always been here, and in that corner of South Hall, they've always been in that very same spot. Well, maybe not next year. Maybe that maybe could be Maybe there. a couple of vacant spots, Kodak and maybe. Microsoft next year. Yes. But I don't think it... And we discussed this, um, I don't know if it was on, on the air or not, but we certainly discussed the fact that I don't think not having Microsoft will make a rat's of difference to this show because yeah. this is this 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 thing, the, the North and South Halls alone live without Microsoft, and certainly the Central Hall doesn't need Absolutely. it. So. Well, well, Central Hall, just to explain, Central Hall's where all the big players are. Yep. South Hall, these these quirky smaller companies, even like BlackBerry, Nokia, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sennheiser. Oh, BlackBerry too. BlackBerry too have announced that the yeah. the native email and calendar is coming to the to the playbook. Finally, finally, have you got the soundbite? Hallelujah! Can we get <laughs> yeah, get finally, they're going to uh, they're going to release it. I think that should have been their day one. But anyway, better late yeah. than never. So look, it's been a it's been a spectacular week at CES. Um, there is so much more to see and talk about. Um, you're here for a couple more days, not yeah. only for CES, but I guess to see shows. Um, <laughs> and but, do some uh, shopping, mate. Yeah. 
yeah, I've, got, yeah. I've got a wife and three children. <laughs> yeah, who've all got needs. <laughs> uh, we'll obviously we'll, we'll read through all the recaps and we'll get everything happening. So next week's show is probably a full roundup of, of CES yeah. and the big things that come That'll out of it. That'll be episode 47. Let's yeah, call we'll, that we'll, 47 we'll probably move week. on to 47 back to next Wednesday. Um, but thank you very much for listening to the, the three shows this week, episode 46, 46.1 and this 46.2 from CES. And thank you to Trend Micro and Netgear for their support. This is Trevor Long from Your Tech Life and Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. Have a safe flight home, mate. You too, buddy.